0: And the scripture is from Hebrews 12 28 and 29 since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe for our God is a devouring fire there used to be a song that said our God is a consuming fire our God wants to take away that hurt that pain that sin that suffering What we always want to display as, ah, I'm a martyr because life is so bad. God wants to wipe it away. So all people see is the forgiveness, the salvation, the hope, the strength that he can provide. So in him, we have great, great hope. Weasel, I've asked to come and um, lead us in prayer. I just wanted to... Uh, read these two scriptures and invite Stacey up. We're going to anoint Stacy in prayer, but at least I'll have you to come up. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This is why we come together, that we might know God's salvation, that God has changed us, he has made us new, that we are no longer filled with shame and guilt, but God has given us a new direction, and in that new direction, we understand there is pain. There is mourning, there is sorrow. Actually, Colleen, would you come up as well and represent your brother, uh, Todd, as um, as I had the privilege, I didn't ask your permission, but this is Stacy and her sister, Christine, and their dad, David, to spend some time with uh, David yesterday. David is facing uh, end-of-life care and decisions, as is Colleen's brother, Todd, and we just want to uh, anoint them and pray for them. And if there's anyone here that would like to come and lay hands, as it says in James, to lay hands and pray, then come and do so. If from where you're standing, you would just like to extend a hand and just say, in agreement, we want to agree that we just want to agree um, that God is good. I don't know if you, anyway, I just got distracted. Uh, but please, all, if you just come and pray. And if there's those that would like to come up front and uh And and pray. Um, My son just walked through, and so um, yeah, that's why I'm caught off guard. But um, that is that is, and I think it's good. It might not be good, but we think it's good. But we're going to pray. So I please excuse my distraction. But Lisa, would you just please? Heavenly Father, Abba Father,
1: we come before you we're so grateful that you let us come boldly before your throne of grace and we come humbly before you and we lay down at your feet all of our prayers and petitions. You have regarded our health as a state. Father, we are broken and sinners from the day we're born until the day we die. But Lord, you've forgiven all of us and you want to forgive all of us through Jesus. I pray for the families represented here, Lord, that are facing end of life. Father, doing a lot of reflection um, and families that are coming together Father, may your Holy Spirit minister to these families, Lord. May your light shine through. We don't understand the crosses that people have to bear. We don't understand our own crosses sometimes, Father. But we're just so grateful that Jesus is there to help us carry that cross. And Lord, we just ask that you please minister to these families. And uh, may your gospel shine through. May your light shine through each situation. Give everyone the peace, the comfort, and even the joy in the morning that they need. In Jesus' name we pray.
2: Amen.
0: You may be seated.
3: So please bear with me for a moment. Um, February 13th. Or actually the 12th i got a phone call um i don't know not everybody that's here knows the story of of my brother's murder um almost five years ago now four four and three quarters years ago um, we got a, a phone call on the 12th that said that there the lawyers had accepted ap deal without our permission um it was below what we had said was our minimum of what we would be willing to accept And so it was a huge blow. I I think I had a hard time with it, mostly because his family wasn't allowed to be part of that decision. So I spent the weekend moping. I I woke up with a migraine on Saturday, spent the entire day in bed, Um, just was sick to my stomach. I think I really just needed that day to just process everything that was going on. Sunday, I was leading worship, <laughs> so I got my butt out of bed and I got here. But I was having stabbing pains in my side. I actually thought I might have appendicitis, and I you know I overdiagnose myself all the time. My brain gets in the way. But um, Jeff and the team prayed over me, and I could gradually start feeling that anxiety and pressure leaving. Um, on Monday, we we had the hearing um, and. The judges will decide what is going to happen to the people that are involved. Um, we were able to speak, which was was very a good. I mean, even if I hadn't been able to speak, I needed there was some stuff I needed to just write down, get out of my heart, um, and it was very therapeutic. And I began to just start realizing, okay, these songs that we sing on Sunday about de- declaring how much I lean on God, why am I not leaning more on God, like? I think we get in our own ways. So I ended up being able to get to a place where I could just trust that whatever God has planned for this moment, I can't get in the way. The judge can't get away, the attorneys, nobody else is going to mess with the plan that God has. And um, so I can just rely on that. But I did woke up at like two o'clock in the morning and I am a type A personality that overthinks everything. And I started writing a book. I will probably never, ever, ever actually print this book, but it was called Legacy of Love, a true story of a sister's walk through the life and murder of David Auclair and the legacy of love left behind. I'd like to share a little bit of it with you guys. What is your legacy? During our walk on earth, what is left of us if our stories are never shared? We are creatures that long for growth and hope that when we leave this world, our lives will have made someone's walk better than our own. My prayer is that this story will help others to determine the legacy that they want to leave and to begin breaking any cycle of hate, bondage, violence they feel trapped in. We often can't or don't make these changes for ourselves. It's when we realize that if we don't make a change, we will pass the same legacy on to others. What legacy do you want to leave when you're gone? and then highlighted 39 different chapters, which we will not get into right now. The pain David must have gone through, the physical pain, yes, but also the fear and hurt from such a betrayal. I do believe that knowing what we know now, that David would have willingly gone through this again if he knew it would keep his kids and grandkids from following the legacy their mother, grandmother had prepared for them. A legacy of crime manipulation, fear, dependency, conditional, perverted love. Instead, David was able to give them a legacy of of unwavering love. His presence in their daily lives, sacrifice, hard work, putting others' needs above your own, generosity, and kindness. David wasn't perfect, but I believe he did the best that he knew how to do. Don't we all wish for that? We will never go get it all right, this side of heaven. But don't we all want to grow closer to that goal? If generationally we always grew closer, not farther away from the examples of Jesus, our world would be a better place. What kind of legacy would you leave if you were gone today? If you could change it, what would you want it to be? You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it in a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way that your light shines before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 514 14-16. Do you want your story to end with you? We were meant to be in fellowship with others. The things that we go through can be used for good if we let it. Tell your story like I have shared David's. If just one person decides to end the cycle of destruction they are in, the pain of telling the story is worth it. God has not only walked with me through the hardest tragedies of my life, but at times has carried me through them. He is my rock, and I don't know where I would have gotten through my life without him. Do you know my Jesus? Not religion, not do you believe that there is a God. Do you know the man I'm talking about? Read your Bible. You will find him in the pages. Read and let him speak to you through those words. Pray and ask questions, and with time, he will reveal the answers. I'd like to sing a song for you guys as well. Quint with horns, light, technology,
0: we can play
3: with Nick, um. <laughs> was it
0: wasn't <laughs> <laughs> we
2: can play <laughs>
3: Are you past the point of weary? is your burden weighing heavy,
2: is it all too much to carry, let me tell you about my
3: Jesus, do you feel that empty feeling, cause shame done all this stealing, and you are desperate before some healing, let me tell you about my Jesus.
2: He makes a way where there ain't no way, rises up from an empty grave, ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus, his love is strong and his grace is free. And the news is, I know he doing for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus, let my Jesus change your life. And in Hallelujah, amen, and in the end, and the tears, and then, and and then, and and tell the past to disappear. Let me tell you and my and and all and wrong you really going under if you could if you can work it out for your good let me tell you about my jesus he makes a way where the rain rain's away rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't say let me tell you about my jesus He's so strong and his praises grace, quick, grace. and the good ones in thy glory. Do for you what is done for me. Never tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah! 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 Amen! Amen! Who would take my cross
3: to hell? Pay the price for all my guilty. Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He takes away where the rainbow
2: way rise up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus He's so strong and His grace is free And the truth is I know He for you, what's going to today? Let me tell you about my Jesus And let my Jesus change your life Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah, amen, amen, time, and hallelujah. and hallelujah, hallelujah. my Jesus change your life.
0: and well, then, and um, yeah, I get out of order. But um, isn't it great that we all have stories, but stories that we can tell? And sometimes we might be embarrassed or ashamed or uh, really not know um, if we should share. But just sharing about God's grace and His help and His strength, um, it goes beyond pain, which is remarkable. Uh, We are going to dismiss the children for Children's Church. We are looking for volunteers if you would like a a little uh, description of what we're looking for, hoping for. During the sermon part of uh, Sunday mornings, we're trying to do Children's Church. So not a big children's program yet but Children's Church, but Joy would be uh, interested in having volunteers help her with that. So um, we'd love to have you become a part of that. And with that comes tithes and offerings and giving online and being a part of what God's doing so we can be his hands and feet. Um, Just sharing with others that God cares about us by the fact that we can display giving them money. Yes, we pray, hopefully. Yes, we get involved and we show up at the hospital, uh, possibly. But even more, we want them to know that we will display God's love in practical ways because that's what Jesus did for us. So let us be the church. That reaches out and obeys who he is. As we look at the book of Acts, uh, the first verse of chapter uh, 21 says this, when we had torn ourselves away from them and set sail, we ran a straight course. Two things from the Amplified Version. I love the fact we tore ourselves away. That means, that implies, that makes you think of there was agony in the fact that they were with friends for three years that they loved that they enjoyed that they had built a friendship with that after three years it was time for them to move on god had something different for paul to do so in that time of saying farewell saying their goodbyes there was a tearing away relationships matter friendships matter more relationships matter friendships matter more i think that all relationships come with a certain respect, uh, human quality that you have a respect for one another, which is good. But over time, something starts to happen. You share something, you realize your friend did not gossip about it. You share something, you realize your friend did not uh, judge you on it. You share something, and over time, trust begins to build. So that relationship becomes a friendship because it goes from just, hey, I respect you as a human being. I respect you as the image of God. I respect you as God having a plan for you. So I respect you, but even more, there's trust in the friendship that I have for you. There's trust in the relationship that we have as a local church that we get to confide in one another, that we get to ask for each other's help. And this is why we need each other, because isolation brings depression. I was sharing, uh, maybe it was last week, a lady shared a song, and she was saying she was really depressed. So she went to a counselor, and she was praying. And as the counselor was speaking, and as she was praying, because the two go together. Sometimes we say, you need counseling, which we all do, all of us like no i don't i just need jesus Well, jesus wants you to understand he's a counselor so you need counseling but we all need counseling but we also all need prayer you all need the supernatural aspect of who jesus is god the father the creator of us we need those to unite and as they unite we understand wow God, you have something for me. And she was saying that she thought it was depression, but it was really a root of rejection. That when she was a child, her dad left when she was extremely young. And that core need, that basic value that was ripped out of her life. And she said, I'm depressed now. And I always thought it was something else. But it comes from rejection and knowing that rejection can be healed by knowing who my Jesus is. That is good news. That is the gospel. That is why we gather together to share with one another. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. This is Paul speaking. He says, it is more blessed and brings greater joy. The Amplified Version says that. It is more blessed and brings greater joy to give to receive when you are in a relationship when you are a friendship you start to realize it is more joyful it gives you more uh contentment to start to give to honor to please to be there to lift up the other instead of saying hey like what if on valentine's day i said hey beth what's today she says the 14th i said no it's valentine's day she's like yeah, that's nice. I say, No, what did you give me for Valentine's Day? She said, like, I gave you my heart. It's like, What else? <laughs> what if we're just like looking to get that pat on the back to be lifted up and say, How can we serve? How can we give? How can we desire God to know us? Instead of saying, God, I want more of your peace. I want more of you. I want more of your blessing. I want more. Instead of saying, God, here, here am I. I want to give all of me. But too often I've found in my own life and I imagine for other Christians, we want more of Jesus, but we want to give him less of us. Well Jesus, you can have this, but you can't have that. but give me all of you and you can have this. We start to barter or trade with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I own, and it's kind of a jaded expression. I guess some of us are familiar with farms and farming and how much cows are like, like, God owns cattle on a thousand hills. And, we're like, oh, well, that's good. But how much does a cow cost? Like, what's it worth? And I don't know. You'd have to look it up. But it's amazing what God has available for us. But we settle to, I'll just take a glass of milk. God's like, well, I can give you like a whole field of cows. That makes sense. But we settle. But God has so much more because we want to receive. And God says, give. When he had finished speaking, He knelt and prayed with him. After three years spending time with his friends, God called him to leave. And he was torn apart because that relationship, that friendship, God was leading him to someone else. So he knelt and prayed. That's why it's always appropriate to have someone pray with you and to pray for you. It's always appropriate to ask someone to pray for you, for you to pray with. It's always, always, always. Well, I've asked for a lot of prayer lately. This is what kind of cracks me up in a weird uh, sense of humor, my dark humor. I'm like, when people are like, ah, like I've asked for a lot of prayer requests, so I better not ask for one more. It's like, what are you? Like, foolish? Like, you have to be foolish if you don't ask for more prayer because that's our freedom is knowing the mind of Jesus. We need to leave in God's hands, and we need to leave others in God's hands. As Paul left, he was leaving them in God's hands, and he was leaving his decision to leave his friends after three years in God's hands. Leaving in God's hands. Do we leave what we're going through in God's hands, or do we take it? with us. Acts twenty twenty-one said that Paul, with this other group of friends, he encouraged and then said goodbye. He encouraged and then said goodbye. If you knew you were going to die tomorrow, how would you live differently today? This is what we spoke of uh, last week i alluded to this is what we talked about on wednesday during life group this is something that if you knew you were going to die tomorrow how would you live differently today and nobody ran out so i can use this as a joke i would leave this school and go sit all i could nobody said that i didn't see any maybe some of you thought it but nobody got, stood up and said hey if i'm done tomorrow i'm going to live it up today i'm going to No, because as Christians, as believers, you understand there's something deep within you that if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, you would live today trying to convey the message that Jesus is for you, that God's forgiveness and salvation. I want to see you in heaven. I want to be reunited with family. I want to know that God is proud as we serve others. If you knew you were going to die tomorrow, how would you live differently today? It would not be selfish. It would not be what I can receive. It's not how I can obtain what I can get. Building my resume how can I give Jesus to others well then should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace from Romans of course not since we have died to sin how can we continue to live in it or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism we joined him in His death, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by his glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives, new lives. You don't continue to sin so grace could abound. You don't continue to say, hey, I just need more of Jesus. So I'm here to make bad decisions because I just need more Jesus. We say, hey, I need Jesus. So stop help." Be that roadblock, not the road sign for making those poor decisions. So in Acts 21, after he tore himself away from those friendships, he went ashore and he found other Christians, other believers, that he could respect for their decision to follow Jesus. And then he could become friends with them and he stayed with them for a week. These believers prophesied to the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go on To Jerusalem. So what's taking place in here, this part of Acts, is Paul left his friends, his good godly Christian friends, after spending three years with them, to go to a place to share God's message. And from that place, he really believed God was calling him to go somewhere else to share another message. So he left his really good friends to be with new friends that said, hey, don't go because there's going to be suffering. Don't go, because you're going to encounter people attacking you for being a Christian. There's going to be people making fun of you, saying lies about you, because you choose Jesus. Don't go! I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me, Jesus speaking. This is from the book of John. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I, Jesus speaking, have overcome the world. When people say, stop, you're going to bring attention to yourself that people are going to look down on you because you sang a song about Jesus, because you carried a Bible to work, because you wore a scripture across your chest, because you chose to love instead of hate, because you wanted to reach out and help the poor, because you thought God's word was correct, that it's better to give than to receive. You're going to draw criticism and we say, John, shared how Jesus said here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrow, but take heart because I have overcome the world. This is what it says in Spanish. I hope it's close to the New Living Translation or the New International Version. If it's Old English, you're going to have to retranslate that. But this is so important, I thought, that in all languages, we understand that God's speaking the same thing to us. That no matter your background, no matter the country you're from, no matter what you've done in the past, the same language is clear through Scripture that Jesus says, Take heart! I have overcome the world. So we went ashore, found believers, stayed with them for a week, And believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not When we returned to the ship at the end of the week, the entire congregation, including women and children, left the city and came down to the shore with us. There we knelt and prayed, because as they encouraged and then said goodbye, as they encouraged and then said their farewell, as they encouraged and then were about to leave and go on to where God was calling him, they knew that they had to kneel and pray to leave things in God's hands, to leave their friends in God's hands, and to leave the decision that if I am going to suffer... I need to be in God's hands so I don't suffer in vain. So I'm not suffering because I'm stupid and ignorant, but I suffer because I'm walking in obedience with Jesus. They said their farewells and they went aboard and they returned home. The next day we went on uh, to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip, the evangelist, one of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food. Now, I don't want to talk too fast, but I got to talk fast because this is one of my favorite stories, and it doesn't really go with the scripture. But I just want to talk about Philip, Philip, and who knows the other guy? I mean, there are seven, but there's another famous guy, Philip, and Stephen, Philip, and Stephen, Philip, and And five other people were chosen to distribute food again for the widows because there was a big fight that took place, and they said, You're supposed to do it. No, we want to do it. No, you should do it. Or "Ah, I don't care who does it. And so Philip and Stephen were chosen to do this work so the apostles, the disciples, could do the other work of Jesus. So there was a particular place. Philip and Stephen. What do we know about Stephen, his end of life? Philip was chosen as Stephen was. And we hear about these two guys again in Scripture, not the other five. I don't know why. We just don't. But Stephen, we know, stood up for Jesus. And he was martyred for his faith in front of Saul, who is Paul telling this story that his friend Luke is talking to Theophilus about that we might know who Jesus is. So let me let me back up. Maybe you don't you don't get it. So um, Stephen and Philip were giving out food, and Stephen was was martyred in front of Paul. He was stoned to death. And I always make the joke. My mom says I probably shouldn't, but it's not like stoned to death, like stone stoned or however you do it. I don't even know. Like I just have a clicker, but it's not stoned to death. It was. He was thrown into a pit, and they took rocks and boulders as big as they could carry, and they threw them down, and he was in this pit so he can maybe move a little bit. But so many rocks and stones were being thrown at him that maybe he could avoid, maybe he could avoid, maybe he could avoid. But with so many, he would get hit. Once he got hit, he would get weak. Then he would get hit again. Then he would get hit again. And what happened was he said... Jesus forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Same as what Jesus said on the cross. In front of Saul, who's now Paul, that's telling the story. Can you imagine what Paul thought when he sees Philip, who he knew had traveled with Stephen? He knew him and Stephen. Those were the guys that God had chosen, that God had lifted up. Can you imagine the shame and guilt and remorse and, agony of saul watching stephen die in front of him and now he sees one of stephen's brothers so philip the evangelist one of the seven whom had been chosen to distribute food he had four daughters and they had the gift of prophecy and their prophecy was the same that uh, paul don't go now Very difficult that if you watched Paul approve of your friend's death and murder martyrdom, that you would say, don't go because death and martyrdom might be for you. Several days later, a man And Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. Three times people prophesied that Paul should not go forward. Three specific times they said to Paul, don't go because suffering is going to be ahead of you. Now, if you're kind of weirded out about prophecy, or you're uncertain about prophecy, or the spiritual gift, or what Scripture says, we have a good friend, he would say, uh, that I guess he's a prophet. That's what he would say. But he shares then, well, when I was younger and even now, like I don't know if I like hanging out with him because of like, does he know like what I watched last night? Or does he know what I did last week? Like, I get all like, and it's just weird. to tell me. But he says, Larry Hart, there's a strong correlation of hearing God's voice and direction and spending time in the Word. So if you have somebody that prophesies over you, that speaks a word over you, that tells you something that God is going to do, you need to know how much time are they spending in God's word? How much do they understand the voice of the Holy Spirit? How much do they really bring out the truth of Scripture that's actually speaking? It's not fortune telling. It's not future casting. It's bringing out the truth of Scripture and how it's going to apply in your life. This is what we need to know. There's a strong correlation of hearing God's direction and spending time in the word how much time are you spending in the word of god because if you aren't you're like "Ah, god's telling me to do this well how do you know Well, he told me once like 15 years ago when i used to like read the bible but he said why all this weeping because three times paul was told do not go to jerusalem there's going to be suffering taking place do not Obey God, because if you do, you're going to have to suffer. And Paul said, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go. And then they started crying. And Paul said, why all this weeping? You are breaking my heart. I am ready not only to be jailed in Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. Because Paul had died to himself. When he was Saul and knocked off his horse by the presence of Jesus, he said, I'm resolved to the fact that my life is not my own, that God has given me We would say a second chance, but as Christians, we really don't believe in chances. We just believe in the sovereignty of God. So he wasn't given a second chance. He was made a new creation is what scripture says. He was made new. And because he was made new, the old has passed away and the new is here. So he said, I already died to myself when I confronted Jesus on the horse. And now no matter what happens, I'm willing to obey the Father. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, they couldn't persuade Paul, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. When it's clear, they could not persuade him. When it's clear you cannot persuade someone who's following Jesus, maybe we need to say, I want to persuade him this way, and they're so focused on Jesus, I really want to persuade them this way, but they're so focused on Jesus. I really want to know why they're so focused on Jesus. When I talk to friends that are pastors and age has really nothing to do with it, but they're younger than me and they have big churches and they have effective ministries. And I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I could be like them. Like, that's so cool, like to be used of God. And then I realized, wait, how much time do you spend fasting and praying? Like. Oh, like, I I don't know if I want to fast and pray. I just want the results that you get. Or, oh, so you studied there and you applied there and you have God doing this in your life. And, oh, well, I, I want your results, but I don't really want to do what you did. At times, Jesus is calling us just to live and love him in all facets of our life because we know we are dead to sin and made new in him, but we don't want to be dead to sin. We want to be dead to some sins because some sins, oh, if Beth found out, that'd be really bad. But, you know, if it's just buying a shirt for my birthday two months ahead, ah, it's whether it's sin or not, it's unwise, so I'll say that. But it's just like we wouldn't get away with certain things. The guys, like, no, I want all of you all of you. After this, we packed our things and left for Jerusalem. After all the weeping, all the prophesying, all the sharing of people telling Paul not to follow Jesus because suffering was going to happen. They left it in God's hands and, and Paul packed and said, so where's suffering going to happen? Jerusalem. Where? Jerusalem. Where? Jerusalem. Well, I guess that's where I'm going. I'm already resolved that my life is not my own, so I just got to obey God. I, I just got to obey Jesus. I just got to know him that loves me, the one that sacrificed himself for me, the one that forgave me, the one that gave me an opportunity to speak words of life and truth, to Philip, who I just witnessed. I was part of his friend's murder. I, now God is giving me this opportunity to share with others. From first Samuel, but Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Well, Jeff, aren't you guys doing a building fund? Well, kinda, we call it a vision fund because we don't want to get stuck in a building. We're calling it a vision fund. Well, what if I give you like five thousand dollars? Well, we'll take it. But God wants your obedience well, uh, I can afford five thousand. I'm like what if I give you thirty five thousand dollars? Well we'll take that too, but what's God asking you to do? Well God wants me to love my wife as he loves the church. We'll do that first well, that's kind of hard because I'm kind of selfish or I kind of ego or that means I need to make changes in my own life so instead of that thirty five thousand what if I give you Fifty-five. My final offer: fifty-five thousand dollars. Man, we'd probably take it, but you know, honestly, I hope I'd have the courage if I was told that whole story. I really pray and hope I'd say, "No, we don't. We don't want your money." Because it comes from a heart and a place that's trying to replace God's calling in your life. And it's more important, as me as a pastor and us as Christians, to say it's more important that we follow Jesus, that we obey Him, than take something for ourselves. It's more important that you sacrifice your own will to obey God than it is for us to write a check or well, I volunteer, or I show up, or obedience. Is better than sacrifice. This is why Paul had to tear himself away from friendships to obey God's calling, his purpose in his life, to share encouragement and salvation for others, even when he knew it meant there would be suffering. It's more important for us, church, that we obey the calling of God, to know him and to make him known, and they have sacrifices oh uh, you're such a good Christian you're going through all that it's like I, I did, Paul's like such a good Christian like do you know what I'm saved from do you know what God rescued me from do you know the direction I was going maybe you haven't committed the same sins as Saul but Jesus wants to live that Paul's life calling To know that we are a new creation. Forgiven, loved, and filled with hope. That when we visit people, that we understand that they are more important than a church steeple. That when we visit people, we understand that God created them to know his love. That they might know his salvation. That we could rejoice and celebrate with them In heaven. That's why. That is why. We get to live this life. On earth with other people. That we can celebrate. In heaven with them. So Jesus we pray. Let your will be done. Right here on earth. As it is in heaven. Oh God we thank you. We declare a need for your help. But Jesus, may we always choose to boldly obey instead of throwing up foolish sacrifices that make us think we can earn our way or work our way into your kingdom. Father, we say we love you. We thank you that you love us. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Well, amen. you are dismissed from this place, but as the expression goes, not from its presence. So I encourage you to meet, greet, get something to eat. And that's all the rhyming I know. So uh, enjoy your Sunday and uh, be blessed. Amen. Wednesday, Where are you glad? <laughs>
2: Turn my dog. Thank you. I'll see you. I we go. will Sorry, I want to Jesus, we just lift up right to you. We ask that you would intervene and that your presence would be so well to him, that you would protect his soul, that he would give it to you, and that you would bring other Christians to his life to encourage him. May he just know your faith and your healing. Thank you. Because as we give up, reverencefully, God, here to receive all the peace and comfort you.
0: God. God, for glad just surround them with your
2: presence in a
0: special way. They would be encouraged to, uh,
2: to find rest in the way of this situation. God, we give you life. Yes, everyone, we want to remind us to pray. Thank you, thank you, God. I <laughs> you